Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I want to start, uh, I guess we'll start tonight in the book of Galatians, chapter 3. Uh, and we're going to start with verse 1. We're not going to stay there long. Just want to kind of use that as a, as a launching pad for what I'm going to talk about tonight. I want to continue uh, talking about uh, an awareness of the Spirit. But not only tonight an awareness of the Spirit, but uh, walking in the Spirit. And I was thinking today, you know, and we talk a lot about walking in the Spirit. But... Let's, you know, let's be real. Uh, walking in the Spirit is, is a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Now, there, there's most all of us in here at some point in our day, we walk in the Spirit. But there are other points in our day that we're not walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is a process that you have to walk out. You have to work it out. So when I talk about walking in the Spirit, don't beat yourself up because you lost it somewhere today, or don't beat yourself up because you stepped out of the Spirit today, or something like that, because walking in the Spirit is a process, and it's a work of grace that, that takes place in our lives. And, but the main thing that I want to stress tonight is, are you pressing toward the ability to walk in the Spirit? The Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it's important. There's a lot of reasons that we need to practice walking in the Spirit. And so we're going we're gonna to look at that tonight. Uh, you remember uh, last Sunday, for those of you that were here this past Sunday, uh, we talked about out of John chapter 2 about Jesus turning the water into wine. And we talked about uh, that the you know how the the wedding party they ran out of wine, and Mary uh, the mother of Jesus came to Jesus and said they have no wine, and uh, and we talked about I made this statement that it's only when the natural runs out that the supernatural can begin to flow. You got to realize that your natural way of thinking, your natural mindset, uh, the way that you were created. Is, is your biggest hindrance to walking in the Spirit. Because your natural mind will be telling you you need to, you need to react to that. And the Spirit will, will say you need to pray about that. Your natural mind will want to react in fear at what your ears have heard. Your Spirit will say don't react in fear, react in faith. Okay? So it's important uh, that we understand that when my natural runs out, the supernatural will begin to take over. And also understand this, that, that Jesus said, fill the water pots to the brim. So practice having yourself filled with the Word of God. All right? Now I know we, we, uh, we spend a lot of time on teaching people how to be better people, to be better individuals. We, 
we spend a lot of times a lot of time talking about how to to bring out the best of who you are and and all that and there's nothing wrong with that and I think and I do my best and I, I feel like that I fail 95% of the time but I do my best to try to bring the word of God to a place that you can say yeah I can apply that to my life and that's the key is is bringing the word down to where people can apply it to their lives and and I, and I do my best to do that. And like I said, I feel like I fail 95% of the time. But, but that's my goal, is to bring the Word of God down to where it's applicable uh, to your life. But I want you to understand that, that all of our failures, all of our spiritual failures, come many times either from a lack of knowledge or a lack of application. Okay? Doesn't matter how much you know about the Word of God, if we don't apply it, then it will do us no good. See, we've got to have application. And, and application is just like taking uh, your blood pressure medicine or taking your uh, anti-inflammatory medicine. If you don't take it, you will be inflamed. If you don't take it, your blood pressure is not going to be regulated. So it's application, all right? Now I'm going to get to the Scripture in Galatians chapter 3. Beginning with verse 1, Paul said this. <clears throat> he said, O foolish Galatians, who did bewitch you? And before whose eyes Jesus Christ was openly set forth and crucified. This only would I learn from you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now perfected in the, fle in the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if it, if it be indeed in vain? He therefore that supplies to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. I wanted to read that scripture tonight as, as a launching pad because I want to establish this important thing, that everything to do with God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, and the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives comes through faith. Your salvation came through faith, and everything else that God does in your life will come through faith. Paul the Apostle was speaking to the church of Galatia, and he, and he said, uh, guys, who has bewitched you? Who has, uh, who has tricked you into thinking uh, that uh, those things that, that you received by the Spirit at one time, uh, that now you can, you can do something different in the flesh? He said, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? No. No, you didn't receive them by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. You received it by the hearing of faith. And the power of God's Holy Spirit working in your life and my life is done by faith. And faith is of no value if it doesn't have works. All right? That's what James said. So, so that tells me that if I believe in the power of Holy Spirit, then there's got to be some actions in me that will affirm what I say I believe in my mind. If I believe that God is able to heal, 
then my faith says, well, I'm going to lay hands on somebody. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe for myself that I'm going to be healed. I'm going to believe for my wife or my children that I'm going to be healed. So my faith has got to be followed up with action. Okay? So I want to establish that tonight. Listen, I found in, my, in myself many times, and, and, and unfortunately here recently I've gotten into that place too much that, that I just have to declare over my body that, God, I am the healed of the Lord. You know what? And, and I don't feel like it, and, and I, my body is definitely not acting like it, but I declare over my body that I am the healed of the Lord. I know what the doctors are saying. I know what I'm feeling in my body, but I'm declaring that I'm healed by the power of the Word of God over my life. And I find that many times I walk through things and, and God does the work, all right? So my faith has got to, to follow up with actions. Now, on the day of judgment, when all of us stand before God, we're going to be judged partly based upon our failure to use what we knew. All right? Meaning this, that when I stand before God, God's going to judge me, first of all, with what I did with His Son, Jesus. I believe that's going to be the first question that's going to come from the lips of God. What did you do with my son? What did you do with the blood that he shed for you? And I believe that maybe the second or the third question is God's going to say, what did you do with my word? What, what, how did you respond to my word? And, and, and I won't be judged on something in the Bible that I didn't know. But God will judge me on that that I did know. God is a just God. He's not going to judge you, that you on something that, that you didn't have the ability to understand or, or maybe you were, never, you were never able to get it. God's not going to judge you on that, but he will judge you. And that's, that's really, it's, it's good that you're in church tonight, but it's bad that you're in church because you're going to be judged based upon what you hear tonight. Amen? So I'm telling you, if you don't do it, it's not going to be good. I'm, 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 I say that smiling, okay? All right. Somebody said, well, I'm just going to hell, Pastor. <laughs> and, and I say that, I don't know the extent, Okay? But I do know this, and let me say it like this. We are accountable for what we know, okay? We're accountable for what we know. So uh, when we know the truth of God's Word and we know what God's Word says, then it becomes our responsibility to apply that knowledge. Knowledge without application is of no value. Just like faith without works is dead, knowledge without application is is of no value. You can be the smartest. I have all the degrees on the wall. You can have them where you can roll them out from here to the end of the room and, and all that, the PhDs, the MBPs, and, and, and all of those. 
But if you don't put that knowledge into work, into action, it'll do you no good. Amen? So, uh, but here's another, the flip side of it. Between now and the day of judgment, we suffer, we suffer because of that that we know and don't put into action. We suffer for that that we know and we don't put it into action. You see, and I know it, it's kind of the same thing I said a while ago, but understand that uh, Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if I know the truth and don't apply the truth, then the truth can't make me free. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not a matter if you know every book in the Bible verbatim. It's not that you can, you can quote uh, the, the third chapter of the book of Revelation and, and all of that. That's not the point. The point is what you know are you putting into action what you know. See, the Word of God is life to us. The Word of God is a, is a sword to me. It's life to me. As a Christian, the Word of God is my very substance. The Word of God is my very, the food that I eat. And, and that's how important uh, my relationship to the Word of God should be. That's the reason I should feast on the Word of God on a consistent basis because it feeds my spirit. Listen, the Word of God is the only thing that you can eat all you want, and it's not going to add a pound to your body. Amen? It won't put any weight on you. It'll only make you lean, mean, and a fighting machine. Amen? So that's the reason we need the Word of God. You need to arm yourself with the Word of God. Listen, Many people's spiritual intensity or lack thereof is characterized by the events that take place in my life. In other words, the intensity of my spiritual life is characterized by whether or not my day goes good. And if my day goes good, then, then I kind of coast along. But when hard times hit, then I begin to get in the Word I begin to pray, and I begin to call on God. I need some help, Lord. And when things kind of level off, and the sun starts shining again, and the rain moves on, and, and uh, all of that, then, then I kind of coast along again. But what I'm telling you tonight is we need to be intense with God on a consistent basis. And guys, don't take me wrong. I'm not trying to get you to be fanatics. I'm just, I'm just trying to, listen, my responsibility is to grow, is to grow the body. My responsibility is to build you up and to make you strong. I don't want to see you go out in the world and get tripped up and stumble and fall and get messed up, all right? I want to see you strong. I want to be able to look at you and see you look at a devil and put your finger in the devil's face and say, no way, amen? That's my goal. And I know that many people don't, don't want that, but, but listen, this is what you've got, all right? And, and if you don't like this, take a vote and form a committee or something like that, and we'll try to work something out. I don't know, all right? 
I felt cold chills when I said committee. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you see, there's a, there's a big difference in being on fire for God and being media, mediocre for God. And so I think what God is wanting uh, us to be is God is wanting us to be on fire. Ever what kind of flame you burn, burn. You might not burn. You might not be the, the brightest light on the street, but burn. What's that, that song that said, burn, baby, burn? I don't know what, that just came to me. I don't know where that came from. But, you know, you need to burn, baby, burn. Just be on fire. Let some fire come out of your life. Let people know, listen, I'm a child of God and I've, I've got the anointing on the inside of me and, and the power of God's Spirit is on the inside of me. Listen, because there will come a time that we will find that our knowledge of the things of God will be much more valuable than anything we can possess. And what I mean by that is that there's gonna be a day in your life that you will discover that your knowledge of God and those things that you put inside of you, those little nuggets that you get when you're sitting down reading your devotion on a, on a weekday morning and you write that little nugget down. God spoke this to me, May 10th, 2017. Here it is, May 10th. 2018, but I am so thankful for that nugget that I got last year because if it wasn't for that nugget that I got last year, man, I would be so depressed today. But I went back in my journal and I began to read and this is what God spoke to me and it has lifted my spirit. It has encouraged me. You see, there's gonna be a day, guys, and you can mark this down. This is the reason that pastor says Stay in your word, read your word, be consistent in your word because there's gonna be a day that you're gonna discover that your knowledge of the things of God are the most valuable commodity that you possess. I've been there. In my, in my short life, I've been there many times that, that nothing else I had was of any value to me. But what I possessed in my spirit, in my knower, was the most valuable commodity that I could have. Paul said this uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. He said, for, for the which cause I also suffer these things. I'm, I'm so, sorry, 2 Timothy. I, I think I might have said 1 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1 In verse 12, he said, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Notice something about Paul, that he said this. He said, the reason that I suffer all, all these things is for the gospel. He said, this is why I suffer. I do it because or for the gospel. He said, but nevertheless, besides that, 
He said, I am not ashamed, for I am, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. You see, at the end of the stripes being laid on his back, at the end of him being shipwrecked, at the end of him being stoned and all that, is where Paul could say that the most precious commodity that I possess is this. I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. That's powerful, guys. That's powerful. At the end of the day, when the battle is raging with every intensity you can imagine, if I can stand and say this, I know, I know in whom I have believed. That word know is an intimate word. It is, it is a very intimate word. Speaks of a man and woman, husband and wife. But it is an intimate word. And Paul said, I know. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able you see, it is not, that is not a knowledge that is gained in a car wreck prayer. That is not a knowledge that is gotten right before you hit the wall. It is a knowledge that you've gotten on a daily basis where you have a daily relationship with Christ that I walk on a consistent basis I'm not fluctuating. I might not be uh, gaining uh, miles and miles every day, but I'm taking one baby step every day. I'm putting one little word in my spirit every day. I'm gaining some ground every day. I'm not backing up, and I'm going forward. And the knowledge that I've gotten of God over a time builds up. It becomes, I don't know if you, you know anything about the river mud, but over in Choctaw County, we used to live over close to Choctaw County, and, and you could go in places over in Choctaw County and drive your vehicle, and it, the mud would just roll up on your tires, and it would get bigger and bigger and bigger. It was called some kind of old Choctaw muds, all I know, but it would just cake up. And I, and I think about that a lot because that's the power of God's Word, that if you will, if you will just... On a consistent basis, feed yourself the Word of God. It'll, it'll, it'll grow and grow and grow. And it builds that knowledge of the power of God that can work in your life. You see, when we talk about awareness of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, I, I thought it would be interesting uh, to, to understand how, how, how does that process play out and in Romans chapter 8, go to, go to Romans chapter 8 and, and verse 1. I want to start there. and I've been studying uh, the book of John uh, for probably about two months. And, uh, and I've, I've made it to chapter 3. Uh, this far, and I'm not really doing an in-depth study, but the book of John is really a powerful book when it, when it comes to Holy Spirit. You can see in the book of John how 
John brings out and, and really focuses a lot on the work of the Spirit and how Christ brought it out. And so I've been noticing that. But in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it's that, it's that chapter uh, where uh, we, we always go to when we talk about walking in the Spirit. And verse 1, he said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So the first big thing about walking in the Spirit is you're not walking in condemnation. Uh, you're, you're not walking under condemnation. If I were to ask you right now, how many times this week have you felt condemnation? Some of you, some of you might say, well, Pastor, that's a crazy question. I never feel condemnation. But there's a lot of people that walk and they feel condemnation, maybe from their past, maybe from things that has happened in their past, and they walk and they feel that condemnation. Uh, uh, condemnation is something, if you don't, wa- don't watch it, it'll slip up on you. You'll see the right person, or the wrong person, I should say, and condemnation jumps up in your face. You see somebody and it reminds you of something in the past. All right? I... I I have to watch that in my own life because ministry sometimes, even as, as hard as we work to try to, to accommodate and get along with everybody, and, and my goal is that everybody that meets me loves me. And I'm running 99% of that uh, so far. No, I wish I could say. But, but in reality, there comes times when when you have to draw lines. There are times when you have to say, no, this is the standard. I can't cross that. I can't allow you to do this. And, and you have to draw those lines. And when those lines are drawn, uh, a lot of times it, 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 it uh, frustrates people and you, they disagree. They don't agree with the way that you believe or something like that. And, and you know, I've come to realize that if, if, if a man won't stand for his standards, he, he will fall for anything that comes along. So, so I believe in standing for my standards. But, but sometimes I see uh, those people that I know we've had conflict before and that old condemnation arise up. But I've realized that I have to walk in the Spirit. Paul said this, there's no condemnation to them uh, which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Now the legal the legal papers on that. I know the Bible is the Word of God, but if you want a legal scripture that legalizes that or, or, or affirms that or gives the judge's stamp of approval on that, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Paul said this, For he hath made him, talking about Jesus, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So what that's saying is this. If God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for me, then I am absolutely the righteousness of God in him. 
And we're not talking about condemnation tonight, but I thought that was too good to pass up. You got to realize the devil is a legalist. He will pin you on the legality of something. Just like he did Jesus in Luke chapter 4 on uh, the temptation in the wilderness. But here's the deal. If God made Jesus to be sin for me who knew no sin, and we know he did, according to uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, then I know that I I have been made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that awesome? So therefore, I don't walk in condemnation. When I remember that verse and I walk in the Spirit, I am reminded on a consistent basis that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? All right. Now, I want, in, in, uh, as we read on down in Romans chapter 8, it says in verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, I don't know about in your Bible, but in my Bible, uh, that word Spirit is capitalized. And, and so what that is saying is, Paul is talking about uh, they that are after the Holy Ghost, uh, they that walk after the Holy Ghost or mind the things of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking when he, When you see the word Spirit, Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. He's not only talking about just Holy Spirit, but he's talking about the gifts and graces that go along with Holy Spirit. And, and so we take that all the way uh, back to the book of Acts, and that's where Paul is getting this from. Uh, in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, where Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, that's what he's talking about, the, the need to walk in the Spirit, to walk being empowered by the Holy Ghost. All right? He said in verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I want life and peace. All right? He said because the carnal mind, that's the mind that you were created with. That's your natural way of thinking. The carnal mind is enmity or an enemy against God. For it is not subject, notice that, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now look at verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. He's talking to me and you. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, here's, here's a, a powerful verse. This is uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He said, But if the Spirit of him 
that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Notice that. Notice this. Let me read this one more time. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Notice that. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make me alive or quicken me. All right? Now, I don't believe he's talking about the resurrection here. I'm not, I don't believe he's talking about me when I'm dead and, and he's going to raise me up. I believe he's talking about, about us now that the Spirit, and I'm, I'm going to try not to get excited here, but when he says the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Jesus is in the tomb, the Father's in heaven, Holy Ghost comes into that tomb and begins to flutter like it did in Genesis chapter 1 uh, over an earth that was without form and void and the, the Spirit of God moved over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved over the body of Jesus that was lifeless and Jesus rose up from the grave. If that same Spirit, Paul said, same Spirit, same Spirit, guys, you got to have faith. You can't spiritualize this out beyond your ability to grasp it. You got to have faith and say, man, I've got that same Spirit. If that same Spirit dwells in you, then that same Spirit that dwells in you will make you alive and quicken your mortal, go ahead and pinch yourself because you're mortal, it will quicken your mortal body. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. So the importance of me being aware that I have the same spirit in me that raised Jesus from the dead. And listen, guys, that, that is what qualifies me that when they've laid this body in the grave and all you can see is a headstone with a date of beginning and a date of end on it, that's what qualifies me that when the trumpet sounds, these dead bones will hear the sound of the trumpet and I will come forth out of the grave, a resurrected body. Why? Because that same spirit that sustained me while I walked this earth is going to raise me on the day when Jesus comes back. Think about that. I know this ain't probably something that you think about while you're driving to work or something like that. 
but it will grow you up and it will cause you to walk, have a faith that maybe perhaps you've not had. All right, I got just a few more minutes. I want to take you on a journey. Can I do that? It's not a long journey. It's very short, but I want to take you on this journey because I think it's so interesting. Uh, There's a process uh, that I think we can see in the life of Jesus where he lays out for us the processes of being filled and walking uh, uh, in the Spirit. And it goes back to John chapter 1. And I'm gonna, we're going to do real fast, so uh, you might want to just jot these down. But in John chapter 1 uh, and verse uh, 32, John the Baptist is talking about uh, Jesus uh, when uh, he, he bore record and he said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode on him. And, and so we see that that Jesus being our example that we need to follow, we see where Jesus uh, is revealed there as the Spirit abiding on him. All right? The Spirit descended upon Jesus. And right down in the next verse, in verse 33, uh, John the Baptist said this. He said, And I knew him not, but... He that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. So notice this here. John said, I saw him, and I saw the Spirit come down upon him. Then the Spirit, the the Lord spoke to him and said, the same one that you see the Spirit descending upon is going to be the same one that will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. All right? So the Spirit came down upon Jesus, and Jesus is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Ghost. Now you go on to John chapter 3 and verse 5, and you see something else. Now, up until then, uh, it's all about Jesus. The Spirit came upon him. He's the giver of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, but in John chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6, Jesus was talking about except a man be born of water and of the Spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so what Jesus, uh, what we see there is Jesus again is talking about the Spirit, but he was talking about the Spirit as a Spirit of regeneration. So what he's saying there is that we got to be born by the Spirit. All of us that are born again Christians were born of the Spirit. All right, the Holy Spirit regenerated us. That's how we became Christians. All right. So, and then we go on down, and, and, and I'm going to move fast so not to bore you. But in John chapter 4 and verse 14, we begin to see how the Holy Spirit, how, how the Holy Spirit is working through Jesus, and then Jesus begins to reveal to those that are following him, now I, I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to take something 
from me, through me, and I'm going to work it into you. And this is the beauty of what God wants to do in our lives. In John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus was talking to the woman of Samaria. And uh, in in verse uh, 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. In other words, Jesus was saying to this woman of Samaria, you drink out of this, the water of this well, and you're going to have to come back tomorrow and get some more water. But if you'll understand that I'll give you something to drink, that you won't have to come back to this well anymore. All right? And in verse 14, he said, But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him, look at this, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know what? Jesus revealed there and said, look, I want to put something in you. I'm not giving you a cup. I'm not giving you a sippy cup that you can sip on every once in a while. But I'm putting something in you that will be a well a well of living water that will, that will flow out of you and produce life. That's what I'm talking about, guys, when I talk about walking in the Spirit because God didn't put just a little dab of do you in your life. He didn't give you just a little spot here and say, go ahead and make the best you can with it. There's a well of water that is in you, a well of living water. Now, let's go on and progress this a little bit more, and I'm going to close. In John chapter 7 and verse 37, the Bible says, In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So, it goes from a well to a river. Jesus said, are you thirsty? Come to me and drink. He said, because as the scriptures have said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Guys, you got a river inside. And what Jesus was saying there, the the, the terminology lets us know that Jesus was saying that you've got something on the inside of you that will never run out. And it, it doesn't just come a little bit, but it flows. So I want to leave you with this. What's flowing out of your life? What's flowing out of you? What's flowing through you? And I'm not saying that you have to walk around all day talking King James language, thee, thou, and thus is, and and all that. I'm talking about 
Is there a nature of God flowing out of you that's producing life wherever it goes? Amen. Would you stand with me, please? We're just going to cut it off there. We're just going to stop. So the point of, of tonight's message is I want you to understand that there's life in you. There's life in you. Not, and, and we say the word life, and it's just a little four-letter word, and it sounds so small. But, God, but guys, there's big life in you. There's big life that's in you. God wants to flow from you. And listen, don't get caught up in what you're seeing around you what you're hearing with your ears, what circumstance are telling you. Walk by faith. Just apply God's word to your life and to your situation and see God move in your situation. Father, Lord, tonight we thank you that, Father, we have been made partakers of such a great, great, promise. We have been made partakers of such great grace. God, we thank you tonight so much that you've given us grace and mercy. Father, you could have judged us and written us off, but you didn't. Father, you could you could have turned your face against us, but you didn't. But Father, you sent your son You sent your son, and he died on the cross for us, Father. Now, Lord, tonight, God, I pray, Father, that you would move. Lord, I pray for those that are here tonight. God, there there are those that are here tonight that are struggling in, in circumstances, situations in their lives, situations in their bodies. Father, situations in their minds, their families, their children, their spouses, Father, they're struggling, Lord, tonight. God, we come in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you said, God, in Romans chapter 8, that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, then that same spirit would quicken quicken our mortal bodies. Father, I'm asking you tonight that you begin to quicken your children, begin to quicken your men, Begin to quicken your women, God, with that spirit of a living God that would rise up, God, that would put under their feet the works of the enemy, that would put under their feet, Father, the the struggles of the enemy. Lord, I thank you tonight. I thank you for your grace and mercy, and I thank you for your power that works in us. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.